Hello guys and welcome back. This podcast has been recorded via a live stage from the Discord. Please excuse us for the rough ending, but we had to close the stage. Yeah, hi guys, uh, Zerg PLC, and thanks for coming and also for Tcon being here as our guest. A long, long wait to get him on, on the show, uh, but finally we do have him. So, let's kick it off with uh, a nice one. I think, uh, thank you Papa for getting me all this list and I want to start off with this one. I'm going to combine it into two questions because it's kind of following up on each other. So let's start by asking Tikan, where did you start out and your journey when, uh, when you're becoming a senior community manager for World of Warships? First of all, uh, thank you for being here. Um, I already uh, see uh, the question uh, how to say my name. So uh, my name is uh, Tekane, that's the German spelling, um, but you can call me Tekane. Uh, my, my journey uh, is actually an interesting one. I met the, the people that know me uh, know that I played uh, PC, World of Warships PC, for a very long time. Uh, I started out in 2015 as any other casual pleb. Uh, I didn't know much about the game um, and I, I'm the kind of person that wants to... Like, I always focus on particular games and stick to them and I wanted to get better, so I started looking out for clans, joined a, joined a German clan back in the days and got better, met a few friends on the way, and uh, then joined uh, Ode Mortis International. Back in the days it was um, a very, very successful World of Warships clan for, um, for in English speaking. I didn't join the German part because I wanted to improve also my English. That was another goal. And over the years, uh, when I played in tournaments, um, I of course had the contact to the people from Wargaming. I um, spoke to Chrysanthos a lot since he uh, was in Odemortis International back in the days before he moved on to Wargaming. I had a brief time playing with him and uh, then I met Mr. Conway uh, through chats and when I moved on to Rain in 2018, in early 2018, I had the chance to visit a friend of mine from Rain in Paris. And uh, at that time, Wargaming was still in Paris. So I just contacted Mr. Conway and said like, hey, is there an opportunity to, you know, visit the office and meet you guys? Because besides Gamescom in 2016 or 17, I don't really remember that year, um, I, I didn't really meet them that much. And uh, so they said, yeah, come on and I visited them I visited uh, Tanatoy the French CM back in the days and uh, Mr. Con uh, Mr. Conway and uh, a, a few months later Mr. Conway contacted me because uh, he knew that I was working in um, in customer support slash membership administration in another industry and he just contacted me and said like yeah we have this open vacancy for a community manager for legends an upcoming console title are you interested and i was like yeah sure sent them my application they contacted me recruiter contacted me and i got the job so it was more or less like a shot in the blue and i was lucky and i wanted to do it and exactly during that time between i wasn't between the time when i was in paris and uh, the beginning they moved to prague um, that was a big part for me personally because I dis I do not like Paris personally. Um, it's it's a very uh, uh, special city, I would say. It's nice for vacation, but I wouldn't personally live you there. And I was happy when they moved to Prague, and um, yeah, I started basically um, in. I think my my starting date was first of September 2018. And my, my last working day in the German company was 31st of August. It was basically the Friday and on the Saturday and Sunday on the 1st and 2nd of September um, was the King of the Sea tournament, <laughs> which uh, Mr. Conway basically dragged me into the office. I arrived in Prague on the 31st of August around 11 o'clock with the bus because I had to work in Germany until five o'clock in the evening. So I took the bus got into my apartment which was already furnished because I moved a week earlier so I didn't have any apartment in Germany for one week so I slept at a friend's place in Munich um, and the the Saturday morning I just 
woke up, went to the office and Mr. Conway dragged me in front of the camera and uh, basically took me for the for the King of the Sea podcast uh, for the King of the Sea uh, stream, which was a very nice experience, but I was super nervous. So yeah, that that is basically my my story. How I became a community manager. I started out alone. Um, back in the days, there was no Robin or no no Prince Blip. Um, I it was during the alpha time, so I needed to get myself acquainted with the game, with the controls. Uh, at that time, I wasn't really a, a console player, which um, was due to me not having that money at the time to be actually able to get a console separately from the PC, because I was always a big PC gamer. And uh, then, of course, um, I mean, everybody had like a, the ability to or the, the chance to play something at Playsta uh, on PlayStation 2, PlayStation 3. But at that time, I... PS4 and Xbox was uh, like the Xbox One and PS4 was uh, unobtainable for my uh, for my for my level. So um, yeah, I just needed to get acquainted with the game. The the good thing is I had all the all the history with World of Warships itself, so I didn't have to relearn all the mechanics and the tech trees and the ships and the nations. So that was really good. And um, for me, the the best thing was that um, the development director Kirill in the, uh, back in the days um, already uh, talked to me and um, when I had some suggestions or concerns about something uh, he listened and that is what I valued the most at that time because he knew that I had the experience from PC and um, I, I had certain skills uh, in the game so it was nice to, to have someone who valued that. So yeah, sorry for that for that long long answer, but uh, I just wanted to give you uh, the, the, the best possible. No, no, that's a hundred percent. I think it's you actually done more than <laughs> more than I actually asked for, but it's a hundred percent. Thank you. Um, a follow up question on the one: uh, what did, what do you think you've learned uh, about your, yourself and about this community in, in the past two years? So, for me. Finding out uh, to be patient was one of the most challenging thing uh, because I used to be a very uh, heated person, I would say, when I when I used to be in tournaments and playing and streaming. Uh, there, there are some clips from me probably out there still from my stream recordings back in the days, uh, but uh, and yeah, it it, it was seeing both sides as a hardcore player and then from the development point of view really opened my eyes because um, sometimes you just ask yourself why is this why is that and how is this so hard to implement or um, for we will we will get into probably a few examples later on uh, but then to see the whole process behind it and the whole thought process behind the development itself uh, really showed me to be patient and not to be so um, I would say emotional about it like there are there were a few things at the time that uh, of course made me angry or and it's just to control your feelings because either you you cannot change it right away or it it, it needs to take a certain time for things to be implemented the way that you think they should be implemented um, and yeah this th those are the things that uh, I had to uh, learn the most about and when it comes to the community since I was more or less um, with it since the beginning I'm happy how it developed and how it is uh, especially I don't really want to compare it to other communities, but I'm just happy that we built our own little world. Uh, and of course, there are sometimes you have trolls, sometimes you have friendly banters, and I'm 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 always participating in those. Those who know me in in Discord uh, know that I'm I'm a nice dude as long as um, nobody trolls or insults anyone from the community. And I I think we are at a, at a very very good point um, where. I technically don't need to be here for the community to work. 
and that is when I when I know that the job is well done and when I know that I can go into a weekend and not look at Discord and nothing is on fire and the community is nice and friendly as it should be. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm just happy what I learned about uh, uh, the most about the community itself that it works. Like, it's nice and they are just here. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh no, most but most definitely. That's one thing I can also concur about in saying the community is very helpful, especially to new players. Um, so yes, another great job, guys, and everyone that out there listening, you're doing a swell job. Uh, a second question uh, from D Ribs. He's uh, asking, "What's your favorite thing about working with or at World, World uh, you know, Wargaming itself?" Uh, there are a couple of things. So. For me, the greatest is uh, my colleagues. I have the ability to work with fantastic guys. Um, uh, for example, I don't want to say that I handpicked Robin, but I was I was part of the reason that I that I pushed Robin to uh, apply since uh, he contacted me. I think he talked in the in his podcast about that as well. That. Uh, it, it was when 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 he released the video about uh, Hagumim, I think, and it was just fantastic. So, and working with with Prince Blip uh, as someone who is that young and has that knowledge about history that I personally don't have, um, I you you know the sentence that um, if you uh, try to achieve something great, always surround yourself with people who know something better. Uh, I know my things, but I also know that Robin knows his video stuff and uh, Prince Blip knows his history stuff and um, also the other colleagues from the PC team uh, to have that knowledge. For example, Lord of Droid is, in my opinion, one of the greatest um, team leaders I've ever had. Uh, he doesn't always, he's not always, uh, also uh, pushing the team, but also helping wherever he can. And also my colleagues from St. Petersburg. Uh, if you need any, if you need something, you can just ask, and they will try to make it work. And that's what I'm basically for, for the European team, like for Prince Blip, Robin, and Final Boss, who just joined the team um, a, a month ago. Uh, that I'm, I'm basically for them if they need anything, and uh, that I can ask it from the Saint Petersburg team. So, yeah. Yeah, great team overall. I met most of them. Uh, it's just we're waiting for final boss because he needs to settle in before we pull him over to the yeah. stage. But that will come in the future. Uh, we've got a question here from uh, 150 beats per minute for life from Mayoko. Mm -hmm. What are what are the duties and responsibilities of a community manager? Uh, their role in development, and what is the extent to which they do or do not know about information? Mm. Okay, so let's start with the duties and responsibilities. Uh, there is a lot, actually. It's first of all to talk to you guys and interact with you. That's, I would say, number one. We pay attention to social medias, to all of them, interact with you guys and collect your feedback and condense it to then forward it to the development team. That's what we are doing on a weekly basis. And also provide you with the content like the blog posts uh, like if you see the blog posts or patch notes um, on uh, reddit discord wherever we are the ones who uh, who basically uh, prepare them we also need to uh, communicate with our social media manager which is uh, daria dasha uh, to spread the information equally um, then one of the big things that I personally do, since uh, it varies a little bit, like Robin is moving on to uh, focus on content and video production and also to be like the quality assurance for our videos that we release. And Lane also focuses on the historical parts, historical streams, community interaction on Discord, while Final Boss focuses on Reddit for now. My job is to have the big picture in mind. That means I'm checking future versions that are currently in development. Uh, we have some kind of uh, basically a, a QA integration where the team 
the development team itself writes down all the features that make it, make it into an update. Uh, and this work happens sometimes like one to two months in advance. So when it, when it comes to the questions about the, uh, to the extent of what we know and what we don't know, there is of course some kind of development roadmap that has a plan over a certain amount of time, let's say six to eight months. And the big features are written down, like what we want to do, like tech tree ships, um, upcoming campaign ships and so on. That is what we know. What we don't know are like small features that uh, make it into the game from uh, the backlog, which Kirill talked about in the development Q&A. That is something that we have to wait for until a version is finalized. So currently the next finalized version is already 3.6. So technically I know everything that makes it into the game with the next version. Uh, and then they already work on the uh, version afterwards. So basically the next update is already finalized, which uh, comes soonish. <laughs> and the version afterwards is not yet completely finalized. Everything after we don't know, but as again, there is some kind of development roadmap with a big plan. So this is what we know. Yeah, okay. I think that answers the our questions very well. Uh, yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. I mean, Kane is very, very vocal. He's rushing down the mics. I mean, if I talk too fast, please stop me. <laughs> if you, if you, if, <laughs> and if you want to follow up with something, please go ahead, ask me, and uh, I'm I'm happy to be as you know open as possible. I mean, the pace is very good, the question have a follow-up, so we are good at the moment, we are going good, keep on, come on, Rog. Yeah. Okay, well, <laughs> the next one is from Maki Tango. Would you have moved to Prague for an employer other than, other than Wargaming, or vice versa? And would you live or stay in Prague if you had the completely lo uh, location-independent job? available uh that is not an easy question but if i would need to answer it right now yes i would um but I, you also need to take into account which job it would be for because for me working for wargaming at that time was a dream job because you know as someone who played a game for a certain amount of time and then has the ability to actually make something uh, or be a part of the development to some extent um, was a dream so if it would be for example for some other game developer that has its uh, office in prague or not remotely um, i can just for me personally i wanted to move out of germany at the time i wanted to have the international experience because i think it's it does very uh, it does greatly in your in your um, in uh, your cv uh, to have this kind of experience outside of your own country and um, besides that prague is a beautiful city i wasn't uh, i haven't been to prague before i moved here so um, i would definitely do it again if if i had the ability so yeah 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 i kind of think it's like any normal job you have to first look up the location if you're happy yeah. with it of course the employer in this case wargaming uh, who wouldn't want to work for them yeah <laughs> well there's a uh, there's a question here that a lot of people have been asking and it's coming from hippa turtle gigsocon and even chili now they know, want to know a lot of things about you. What's your favorite ship, your camo, the skin, the map, and what ship or thing you would love from PC in you know, to come to Legends? All right. Uh, when it comes to ships on PC, I would pick Yamato back in the days because it was my most played ship. Uh, when it comes to the camouflage, I would probably pick the Baltic camo from the Bismarck because I just love how it looks and I'm happy that we implemented it. Uh, I have to say uh, I was personally fighting for it that we implemented to um, uh, in this year for the 3rd of October for the German Day of Reunification and I was positively surprised to just see it in the um, in the in our integration and then in our patch notes to say like 
hold on, we're implementing the, the camouflage for Bismarck and then I saw it and I was like, alright, good, fine. <laughs> uh, when it comes to skin, I, I really, really do like um, the black skins, if you can call it a skin. Uh, otherwise, I would probably go for the Azure Lane Atago skin. I like how it looks, personally. But um, I, I also am a fan of all the historical camouflages. Uh, but I mean, the difference between camo and skin, uh, uh, the skin has uh, the uh, 3D modeling or a different 3D modeling like the uh, on PC. Uh, it is the Halloween Bismarck skin that I really like with the teeth that are coming out from the side. Um, map. I personally love Land of Fire both on PC and on Legends. Also Trident, because I like the, uh, the the night sky, because Trident is always like a little bit nighty with the moon up. Um, and when it comes to things that I would love to see from PC in Legends, I would love to see Zhao and Hindenburg. I love those two ships. I think Hindenburg back in the days was one of my first tier 10 ships on PC. And Zhao was the second one. So yeah, those those I would really like to see. Yeah. Okay. Well, Papa wants he's got a question just himself. How a former competitive NPC, of course, yourself, player, feels when it comes to introducing a new mode or mechanics that have been tested in the World of Warships PC version, and segmentized as a failure asking this uh, as your current state of a senior community manager how your pr uh, prior status affects your mentality uh, uh, as someone who plays pcs or has played pc since 2015 i'm I, I i have to be honest i haven't been that active on pc that much anymore but i i guess most of the questions are interested in the whole uh aircraft carrier discussions of course aircraft carrier have always been a big topic especially on pc when they used to be rts style and it was a, a very very big skill gap um difference in in good and bad cv players i would say a very good cv player in in um and the RTS style was completely able to obliterate any other players. I played back in the days with people like Rete or Papidi Poopy, who were the best CV players in the world. So I, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> um, so seeing the change, the CV rework, was exactly in the time when I joined Wargaming in August 20, 2018. I saw the whole process from the beginning, like the, the first presentation to the actual implementation, to then see the balance changes from the CVs made on PC, including rocket planes and the whole discussion of rocket plane interaction with destroyer and so on. Seeing how we implemented the aircraft carriers in Legends might not um, be how it is the best right now, but I think we did a very good job at balancing it out in a way that it's not horrible. And seeing someone, or seeing it as someone personally who dislikes aircraft carrier because I just don't like the interaction between surface ships and ships that do not have a direct um, impact, like not a direct impact, but no direct in ship interaction uh, because the CV can attack you while you cannot attack the CV. It's the ship-plane, plane-ship interaction and not ship-to-ship -ship interaction that I don't like, um, that is missing. And uh, seeing something like that, just, I mean, I was hoping that CVs never make it to the game. Um, <laughs> that was my personal hope. Uh, now I'm currently happy that it's implemented like it is, uh, without rocket planes. And how it affects my my mentality, you have to live with it. Like you cannot change it. Um, you have to just make it, try to make the best out of it. And that's what we, that's where our job comes into play. 
where we can direct the feedback to the developers in a way like how we would like to have it or how changes are necessary even though this feedback might not always be considered but because you also have to keep in mind that developers don't only balance the feedback that we uh, after the feedback that we get because the vocal community is only a small part of the players who actually play the game but we actually had the ability to change quite a few things based on this small feedback in the way that we provided it so I, I cannot really answer you the question about how it would affect my mentality, but it's it's like a very difficult thing to not be too passionate about it. And that is where I have to differentiate between my feelings and what would be best for all players, and not only a small portion of players. I do definitely think that the way CVs has been introduced into the game, and even with the fixes and... You know, the changes that Wargaming has done so far, I think they've done a very well job. And I think a lot of people do think the same. There's always, you know, when a new line comes out, people, well, the line tends to be a bit strong in the beginning and then you know, it's, it's tuned down a little afterwards. Um, but I want to ask you... Oh, uh, yeah, 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 so... Go ahead. When it comes to implementation of new lines, you also need to keep in mind that in the beginning, a lot of players who saved some XP are able to either boost through it and those players are most of the time the above average or core player uh, who know how the game works and that's why usually results are being um, received as better because they share the results before other people who might take longer to get to the end of the line um, be, are able to play it so i wouldn't say that new lines are stronger i would just say that more skilled player get to the end quicker than the people who take more time to research this line but yeah mm. depends okay well take us back to uh, the gamescom three years ago how close is wargaming the team itself to their main target uh, when releasing legends and how was the experience you know to the team so far so before Kane, please let me let me make a comment. When we say take us to the game gone years before, I want also to give us some backstage what happened there and how because I have seen a lot of photos going around the social media that it was a very intense moment, especially for the Legends team. I've seen some photos going in social media from members from the community i mean from from your account and lot of droids account filigula's account and go on from the backstage so it was a very touchy moment so please tell, tell us about that moment uh which exactly um do you mean the gamescom where you saw the picture with dasha as well <laughs> we are not <laughs> focusing <laughs> on that moment, but if you'd like to, to say about that, okay, please go on. So I mean, I, I saw I saw Filigula with a lot of droid in the backstage. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So emotional things. Yeah. Come so on, go on. first of all, I want to point out that Filigula is one of the greatest guys I've ever worked with. Uh, he is um, one of the of the nicest dudes and most reasonable guys and he is he does he would do everything for you guys like he really tries to make it right to anyone uh, uh, to everyone so I to first to answer the questions regarding the main target I don't think that I can answer this since there is no main target I would say that we are happy with how it developed because back in the days Gamescom 2018 or was it no it was a Gamescom 2019 actually the the what the pictures that you saw because 2018 was when I joined so that was Gamescom 2018 uh, 2019 sorry god damn it <laughs> um, that was the time when we released the German cruisers and that for me was the first time to speak on a stage in front of multiple hundred people and I was nervous as hell. Because 
They needed a German speaker. And Phil doesn't speak German. So he was on stage with me as a Russian, with only being able to speak German. And I needed to, I needed to um, hold a presentation about the upcoming ships in front of a crowd that was there because of PC and they knew already everything about these German ships because la di da German cruisers were in PC already since uh, I don't know two years at that time so I had to make a presentation interesting about content that they already knew uh, knew about that was coming to Legends a game they were probably not interested in because it was basically the PC presentation of of World of Warships and we had a small part in this. Um, the pictures you're talking about were our VIP room and that was the coolest thing ever. We had basically a VIP room where we uh, had slots that people were able to book and in those slots were special people. So we had a few guests from St. Petersburg, um, Evan, uh, Artur Plochenik, which is now the development director for uh, uh, not development, sorry, the publishing director for World of Warships NA. He moved over to Austin. Before that, he was associate producer in, um, executive producer in St. Petersburg. And he was in Cologne with Dasha Perova. Many of you know her. Um, Filigula was here and uh, a few, I think another person that was basically there with Dasha. Uh, she was called Dasha as well, so it was a little bit confusing. And people were able to book this VIP room and basically meet them. And like 95% of the people who entered this room were players, core players, hardcore players. And that was the greatest interaction I've ever had because it was like a closed room on the main stage, uh, next to the main stage, on the Gamescom, with, uh, where people could sit down, have a drink and talk to us. And yeah, there's whether I mean, if you want, you can share the picture with um, Dasha in the in the chat so people can see it. But it was it was really it was great. I I absolutely love Gamescom and the player interaction. So yeah, um, that is what I can tell you about the Gamescom. That's very good. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, this one comes from Hivehound, and he's asking. I understand the community can be on occasions get quite upset with wargaming. Being the customer, you know, face part, how do you deal with these uh, criticism and on occasions downright offensive remarks, which we know is not always nice? With all respect, I was working in the fitness industry, uh, in the membership administration, which means like accounting. Um, and I was the one calling people if they were late with the payment. And that what I'm experiencing now in the gaming industry is not even coming close when it comes to offensive remarks that I've had in the past. Um, I personally always have to differentiate between if people are straight up offensive in a way that they just want to insult someone or if they are just passionate about the game. Because everybody is that at some point. I was it as well. Like, I love World of Warships and I absolutely hate it when something is not working as intended or if somebody has a bad game and just vents about it. Um, I understand that. Um, I have no problems if somebody writes me personally, a PM, and just, you know, lets everything out. As long as it's not in our community chats, where everybody sees it, because I'm just a I'm just a fan of having a nice and calm environment for everybody, and I just don't want the toxicity to be around in those chats. Um, it doesn't have a place there. Um, I don't want this to end up st um, st with. I don't want this to end up like some kind of forum where nobody wants to meet, uh, nobody wants to go in, because they know that what they are reading is purely salt mine, and um, yeah, nobody needs that. I, but if somebody wants to vent, they can happily write me personally, and I can talk to them if it's something that just went wrong. So, I always tell my team um, if they have these kind of things, um, they should always. Try to be calm and not let it get to them um, because it's just, it's, 
it's not good when they take it personally and we had some people attacking us personally in the past and I just try to reason with those if it's not working in the end it's my job and I don't let myself insult it at my job so I in the end I would just block them if it really comes to that which didn't really happen that much uh, we had people who I mean we have our three strike system on the discord which means there is one warning there is a second warning and if people still don't learn then they get banned and I have no problems with doing that because in the end it's for our good because it's for our uh, I would say mental state and also for the community so yeah I don't know it's there's always a reason why people are aggressive or why people um, insult us or are angry at wargaming um, it's I just learn to deal with it or not really ignore it I read through Facebook and Reddit on a daily basis um, and especially Discord even if I'm a lurker on the weekend I read I follow most of the chats um, and uh, it's it's for me personally really hard to put my phone aside but sometimes I catch myself in very negative comments or negative threats and I'm like oh god no please just stop for today because at some point you just you just take it home you know and that's where I realized that I shouldn't do that I should stop yeah never take work home yeah same <laughs> well this this one this question is actually tying in very well with the previous um, and this one is coming from Hayat Mojo what separates good feedback from bad feedback when the community asks for change uh, bad feedback as an example is when people just write fix XY um, when we have no idea what they mean um, or when there is just kind of like fix the books bismarck you know? yeah well that's kind of a meme already <laughs> um, but yeah. it's I you know if if a player sits down and writes like a long text and says like hey guys I played this ship now for two days since release and this is my broad overview I like this, this, and this. Um, this is something that I don't like, and this is something that doesn't work, or whatever. Or if, for example, the best example, Ranked. Season 14 and 15, that just passed for Tier 6 and Tier 7 with Arms Race. It is good for us to see a polarizing mode where people say on the one hand that they love Ranked with Arms Race, and then on the other hand they say, we do not like the heals, how they work, because they are too strong, and we do not like the uh, distribution of or the distribution spawn points of the of those buffs because it's too RNG based. That is good feedback, and this is what we take into account, and this is what we provide to the um, to the developers. And yeah. It's, 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 it's exactly like heals bad, um, but as long as people are able to explain why the heals are bad, because it's, uh, it's an issue between balancing that crews are being basically obsolete and, you know, battleships can reverse in a cap for three minutes, eating ten torpedoes, getting shot at by four cruisers, a little bit, you know. Uh, over exaggerating but and they just survive then of course we understand that it's frustrating um, as long as there is a reasoning behind it so yeah and regarding the, the distribution of the spawn points that is something that we also discuss internally uh, I for example had a very heated discussion with Prince Blip where we discussed the the um, the, the, um, the placements of those buffs because he said there is no way where you can anticipate where those buffs are spawning and I'm basically saying yes that's true but if you put the spawn points of each skill at the same location every single game you would have the same game over and over and over again because every player knows where they spawn where they are where which buff is so do you want to play different games and have an RNG element in it or do you want to have the same game over and over again and have a campy meta because this is literally what it would end up so 
we will of course provide the feedback like the community wants us to uh, forward it but it's up to the development team to adjust this because we have no hand in saying yeah uh, hey development team can you please change the spawn points of those buffs um, we are not the ones who decide this they will take a look at the feedback that we provide at the data of um, uh, of the, the game data and then they will change it or not and that's not up to, uh, up to us but yeah yeah and kind of by that time it's really too late because then the rank season is over yeah well i i can tell you already these kind of things will not be changed during a season or during an update like mm. hot fixes for a console are super difficult to implement because they have to get uh, through the um platform uh through the uh, platform um how's it called authentication yeah and like it is it is really not easy um, so and those changes is just something that we take into account for the future for future iterations but also don't forget that we cannot adjust something like this for already the next update um, because the next update at that time is already finalized so hmm. yeah it's already in the game yeah it, it would be already implemented well I kind of want to Go to Chili's question. Um, he's asking, why are the rank rewards so low? You know, <laughs> kind of tying in with the one we're talking about. Oh, you mean this time? Well, first of all, these ranked season are way shorter than the previous one, and uh, yeah, they are easier. You have more safe safe points, so I mean, that's that's the answer. Hmm. Yeah, short and sweet. I like it. Um, I've got Ninja is asking, how come it's taking so long for clans to be added into the game, even though it's been more than two years since the game released? Uh, was there so, a sort of an issue with the development, or is this a, was COVID a massive factor in regards to that? Of course, we, we've heard a couple of you know questions about this, but from your perspective, what do you think? Okay, so from my perspective, and I'm always going to be straightforward and honest. Uh, first of all, clans are not have not the highest priority. Um, and I'm honest when I say that clans do not generate any revenue. That's why they are on a very, very low priority when it comes to that. Uh, they are for um, a small part of the players, core hardcore community. That's a fact. And uh, yes, to answer the question, Corona, COVID did delay some parts of the development. Um, but in a whole, it's not only affecting some features. For example, I would have personally liked a sound improvement way, way earlier. And I'm happy that it's currently in development and testing. And as Kirill already answered, clans or like cross-platform divisions and friends, friends list are in the work. And with that, clans are all also in progress. Um, but yeah, it's not like we had a priority on clans. Tala1808 is asking, uh, and will we ever see or get a, a theater mode? Like his, his example is like on Call of Duty where you can rewatch the game through teammates or enemies and free aim without the ships disappearing, you know, kind of. Uh, I don't personally know the theater mode on Call of Duty. I never played that game. Neither do I. <laughs> um, but so when it comes to replay feature, I have no idea on that. I cannot give you an answer. Um, of course, it would be nice to have some kind of uh, replay mode where you can rewatch the game or record it. Um, but there's nothing planned on this part. And yeah, yeah, hang me for not playing Call of Duty. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I don't even play it that much. <laughs> so we're in the same boat on that one. Well, Deus Rep, when will you finally see a buff to the weaker or barely played ships like the Azuma, the Champagne, the Gascone, and the Monarch? Are there any plans to fix the buggy Z29 turret angles as well? So, okay, uh, to take the last part of the question away regarding the Z39 turret angles. I was going through the questions here on this Discord and I have played it myself today. I have not heard it before. I'm sorry. 
I have not heard about this turret issue before. I was raising the point before the talk today to Filigula and um, the development team is gonna revisit this issue. Uh, he explained to me that apparently they um, already took uh, a look at it and determined that this is not a bug. I remember personally it felt like the old Nürnberg turret issue that we had around one and a half years ago when we released the ship. Few of you might remember this, where it just felt un where it just felt uncomfortable to shooting it because the um, uh, the the uh, God the crosshair was on target and was showing that it was the turret was uh, um, that you were on the target. But I know that back in the days it was an issue of the turret elevation that you were not able to shoot over the um, over some geometry on the ship. So that is probably why you cannot shoot. But um, he told me that they're gonna revisit this issue and I need to wait for a response from our QA team or from our developers if they if they check it in. Regarding weaker or barely played ships like Azuma, Champagne, Gascogne and Monarch, I know that Monarch is doing more than fine. Um, regarding the other ships, Azuma already was buffed. We need to take a look at the stats for a little bit longer. And uh, Champagne and Gascogne, you can expect some changes to that ship because I personally do think as well that they need some love, especially Gascogne, which is one of my favorite friendships. I love the look at it. I, I love how the ship plays, but I think um, some changes are um, in the pipeline for those. I cannot tell you that what exactly, but yeah. Hmm? No, no, it's okay. Um, I've got one from Community Forest. Uh, the Dave block is it going to happen? Question mark. Unfortunately, I cannot tell you anything yet because uh, that is so for that process to begin. It's a it's a very time-consuming effort, and I first need to find a way to reallocate my time to make this happen. Um, especially since most of the documentation, and yes, sorry to take this excuse, but most of the documentation is in Russian. Um, and uh, when it comes to the QA integration, which we use for patch note, uh, this, this, is be, um, this is being done in St. Petersburg. So uh, Filigula and our new, um, we have a new copywriter that is basically taking this away from Filigula, who usually did the patch notes. And uh, that I, I would probably need to talk to him how we can make this work. Um, but to give you my honest opinion, um, I am personally against the development block um, because it takes away the focus of the current update and uh, it doesn't allow us to collect feedback on things that currently matter, um, especially if it's like campaign or uh, missions or new tech tree ships and it shifts away the focus to future develop uh, future content that is not yet released and let's be honest most of this discussions about things that are not playable yet are based on data and stats and we had it so often in the past that people broke out in discussions and about things that have not yet been implemented because they saw the stats and in the end nothing was like nothing was wrong with it so we need to take a look at it uh, i'm personally against the dev block i know why people want it but there is a reason why i'm against it so yeah okay i do believe you've got i mm, think go, that go, go, i go. i need you to I need to say that we are approaching one hour of podcast, and that means that oh, it's fine. Uh, mm -hmm. That means that both parties are gonna be tired soon. So, if you like to close mm. up with uh, one or two more questions, and then give the opportunity to the community if they want to speak with Kane, we to open their mics and make a direct question to him. But that will sure. be limited. I mean, limited to the people that we know and we trust because it is a live stage it is public and you must be respect 
not only me and TK and the speakers, but also the other community that they are listening. So please, Rog, uh, pick up one or two questions and close it up. And we're going to open the community then. Okay. okay. No, I'll do just the mm-hmm. one then. Okay. Uh, another one coming from Hates Mojo. Can you tell us about a time that someone from the community genuinely surprised you with a fun story or a video close that was close to your heart and that you know really meant something to you? Oh, so uh, difficult one. I time. yeah, not really. Oh. Um, back in the days when I joined the team, and it was I think the open um, the closed better we send out codes and I know uh, I had one I, I know it sounds weird but I had one woman contact our Facebook account back in the days and that was when we still took messages on Facebook and we were like a little bit smaller and that woman contacted me and I was just going through the messages and I saw like one extremely long text from her where she contacted me and said hey um, I don't know how I should say this but um, my son who at that time I think he was like 12 or 13 was generally interested in warships because his dad uh, was at the Navy it was in the US and he was generally interested in warships he saw the game on PC and he wanted to play it on console and uh, her mom informed herself and saw like the game is coming in open better. I don't even know how she found it because it literally was nowhere at the time. So she contacted us and we sent out the first batch of the codes and she didn't receive one. And the beta was over. So I revisited the message uh, when we had the second beta and I answered her and I sent her a code for the second beta and she sent me a picture uh, from her son sitting in front of the TV playing the game for the first time. And she told me like he was so happy. And that was one of the persons that I contacted when we released Into the Alpha. Uh, uh, that When we released um, in, in, in the early access in April 2019. And I sent him a Founders Edition code with uh, the ships that we released at the time like Arkansas and Marblehead FE and uh, he like she said he was the happiest guy at that time and he was like 13 or 14 and I was always happy to to assist in something like that so that was that was kind of the story that sticked with me well very heartwarming yeah excellent story for the closing up yeah I really like that very very emotional Mm -hmm. that's very good 